mind if I do? <laughs> All right. Welcome to That's a Chunky. This is Kevin and Jared here with the esteemed William Frederick Knight, who plays <laughs> Doug in the Dan Flashes sketch. Um, how you doing tonight, William? Well, I'm, uh, um, what can I say? Better than most, not as good as some. <laughs> I, I can't complete. We're back under mask thing. It kind of really pisses me off. You had to put my mask kind of everywhere I go today. And, and uh, they, they reinstated this in, uh, in California. So it's not too, not too happy about that. Not a good time. Hopefully you're at least happier than um, your character from the I think you should leave sketch <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I uh, always like to put myself in the shoes of an actor, which is really hard to do. Um, you, you have to deliver lines with a considerable amount of anger at times. H- how do you summon that? I mean, I know you're a professional, but uh, is, <laughs> yeah. there a tr- is there a trick to doing that? I, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just you, it's something you develop. It's all within us. We all have uh anger and happiness and and all kinds of stuff in it and it's just a matter of uh, i saw um, um uh, marty landau once uh, you know he won the academy award for playing bella lugosi and uh, uh what was his film um, um uh, anyway uh and he was uh, they, they were questioning him at, at inside the actor's studio and they're all doing you know when you start out you fill out your you take your script and you break it into beats and you work on your motivation and your subtext and you do all this stuff and one of the students asked me how he prepares. He says, "Well, when you get to my, when you get to where I am, you just sort of push the happiness button or the sad button or the angry button. In other words, it's just all there. It's automatic. The lines tell you what to do. And if you look at the lines and you, you the script, you see what you, your character is, and you and you do it. You just that's what that's what acting is all about." <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, speaking about like where you are, you have just countless roles. Um, obviously, you have a specialty in uh, voice acting, and yes, uh, yes. people know you probably very. Uh, a lot of people probably know your voice right now from a lot of the voice acting you've done in like Ghost in the Shell and so on. Yeah, the the animes that have a well, I did. I, I one particular one I did so much of it is I did uh, two features of Ghost in the Shell. Uh, this is long before they did that live action, which was a total bomb. But uh, I did two anime features uh, as Eremaki, and then I we did a fifty-two uh, half-hour segments for the the uh, uh, Cartoon Network, uh, and then we did about three or four uh, games, a couple of PlayStation games. We just did a recent one. Uh, so uh, I, I'm pretty well established in that character. I, uh, I, I was at a New Year's Eve party you know, uh, three or four years ago. Didn't know anybody there. I, was, I worked with the director, and he invited me to this party. So, and we were maybe 25, 30 people there, and we were mingling around the backyard, around the pool. And, and uh, I had never spoken to this fellow. And uh, just sort of there in the, you know, in the, Atmosphere. And uh, as I was leaving about one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, I'm heading out uh, out of the yard and he comes up to me and says, you were in Ghost in the Show, weren't you? And I said, yeah, how did you, had it been on camera, I would understand. I said, well, how did you know? He said, I recognize your voice. And I never even talked to the guy. So he must have been wow. a big fan of Ghost in the Show and listened to a lot of it to recognize my voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I, 
Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, so I never thought, of, I, I look at voice work as just a way to make an extra buck. I never thought of it as something I was specializing. I'm basically an actor from the theater. I, I love the stage. I love the class. Yes. And, and, uh, and, I love, and I love doing on camera, on film. And, uh, and, and the voice work just sort of came along as an extra thing to make a couple of bucks. Wow. <laughs> but it turns out I have so many fans out there that, that, that love anime. And um, so, you know, in, in the same way with Star Trek, I, uh, I did the original uh, series, you know, the uh, Star, Star Trek. And, uh, in fact, I'm, we're having a convention uh, on the 11th of August uh, at, at the Rio Hotel in Vegas. It's providing they don't totally shut the place down. They're talking about bringing masks back. I don't know. But anyway, we're, we're supposed to have a Star Trek convention uh, in, in August, August 11th to 14th uh, in Vegas. So I'm still playing on that. That's an old, my first job. That wow. was my first SAG theatrical job. I've done a couple of commercials. But, and and, and I, at the time, I just did a, hey, it's a science fiction thing. And it was a, it was a job. It was great. I got a, got some work. I was on a major show on CBS. But uh, it turns out over the years, it's tur- I never thought anything about it. But over the years, it's become such an icon that now I get letters from you know Europe and places like that, and uh, and I finally got an agent who handles that stuff. Wow. Handles Star Trek and Star Wars. And I rented him by accident at an audition for some science fiction thing, and I mentioned something about having a. Uh, Star Trek trading card, which, uh, you know, for my character. And he said, you're in Star Trek? I said, yeah. He said, well, I handle people, you know, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I got, so I, I have never, this is my first convention because I, all these years I've never gone to the conventions because I never wow. had an agent who arranged those things. So now I do. <laughs> but this is something I did 50 years ago, mind you. And You were in the still, famous Tribbles episode. Yeah, I, 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 this has been, yeah, it's been 50 years ago. And uh, I, I'm surprised I'm still alive. They sent me all these uh, cards to sign, these uh, trading cards. And um, uh, and I, they were lucky to get a hold of me that I, they called to make sure I was still alive because half the people from that show are dead, you know. Uh, there's only three or four of us left. Wow. Uh, so um, so I'm still here. Yeah, we are, we are too because uh, you were absolutely magic in this sketch. Uh, you and Tim have this incredible, angry <laughs> chemistry. Um, we we find that most people who are on the show actually had to audition for it. D- did you audition for the show? Uh, yeah, I did. I I did my well. I guess my manager or somebody put me up for it, and I did. They sent me the choice uh, of uh, to to uh, to do a self tape of I think three different characters, and Doug was one of them, and I, I did all three characters. And uh, they uh, ended up casting me as Doug. So that's, yeah, that's how that happened. Do you remember the other two characters? No, I really don't, to be honest with you. It was, you know, this was back in, oh God, towards the end, the beginning of the lockdown, uh, when they started all the self-tape stuff, you know. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I really don't remember the other characters. And I, and I know you've worked in just like a wide variety of fields, as you've said, and as we've talked about, but... Um, I, I think you should leave has a very sort of unique feel to it. Um, do you remember like how you were feeling uh, on the day of your shoot? Um, did the did the sense of humor, the comedy, sort of make a lot of sense to you, um, or did you yeah. just approach it as a, a typical role? <laughs> well, you know, to be honest, as I said, I've been doing this so long that I, I, I if it's t- you know, they say 
There's an old movie once called, if it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium. They're on a, they're on a European tour. So I say, okay, it's Tuesday, it must be, uh, the, 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 I think you should leave. And I'm saying, Doug. And, yeah, but, you know, I had never met uh, Tim, and I, I, had, I didn't even know who he was. To be honest with you, I don't keep up with all, you know, I, I, I know all the classics, and, uh, but I don't keep up with everything. And, and I had no idea who he was until we started uh, rehearsing, doing the camera blocking. And uh, that's how, when I first uh, uh, met him. Uh, and uh, then I, I discovered after doing this, this and, uh, of course, after, after watching a few of the segments uh, on uh, Netflix, I realized that he has a unique talent, and, and I make a great straight man for that kind of talent that he has. Uh, you do. The irascible, grumpy guy who says, get the hell, I think you should leave. You know, I'm the guy, <laughs> who, the perfect guy to say that because I, play, I played a lot of authority figures. Uh, uh, General, I played General Patton, General MacArthur, General uh, Eisenhower on Broadway. So I played a lot of, you know, military roles, and so I have a kind of a, a command presence sort of thing when – and I play those kind of parts, so I'm a perfect foil for him. And uh, he has developed a character. You know, all great comedians find they have some hook that they hook the, the, almost everything on. You, you remember uh, uh, Jack Benny, he's the greatest one I can think of. I he was cheap, and he used that as his shtick. Uh, uh, one of the longest pauses in radio, back in the old days of AM radio, you couldn't have silence because people would be going across the dial looking for a program, and if, they, if, you weren't, if it was silent, they'd go right by you. So you had to keep going and talking all the time on radio. The longest pause in AM radio took place on the Jack Benny radio show. This is before he did the television show. And this guy holds him up and says, all right, your money or your life. Long pause, <laughs> long, long pause. And he says, well, and he thinks Benny says, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> so it was a huge, it's, one, it's a classic because he had developed this character of being so cheap that he'd actually think about something. <laughs> and he used to keep a, a guy down in the basement, uh, the dungeon where he had his money and he'd go down every now and then to visit his money. <laughs> it was like, so he had this thing going about being cheap uh, and being vain. He was vain about his age and everything. And, and he could he, he used that as a hook for almost everything. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield, another his hook is uh, no respect. He builds yep. all his comedy around that, and we know right away. I watch him now, even though he's dead and gone. I watch him on old reruns of the Carson Show, and I still I know the joke and I know it's coming, and I still laugh because he delivers it so well. Legend. <laughs> and that was his whole thing. Now his stick was the no respect. So what Tim has done, he's found this this hook about being an irritating, you know, a guy who says the wrong thing at the wrong time. And, and everybody says, who in the hell is this guy? What's he doing here? You know, it, it, it's a great, uh, a great uh, shtick, uh, whatever you want to call it. But he's, uh, he, he does it very well. Yeah, and, and Jared, who's co-hosting with me, sort of early on came up with the theory of this show that um, there's a lot of premises in comedy where someone does something stupid um, but he has many opportunities to back away from it continually yeah. on the show, and he just keeps doubling and tripling down. <laughs> he did. He, did. And I, he said, when you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. This is the old thing. <laughs> he continues yeah. to dig forever, and yeah. and he really dials it up on this new season. Um, yeah. And and we know we know you're a pro, but I have to ask this for every actor who's on. Um, 
did you were you able to keep a straight face through everything well oh yeah yeah i you know i mean I, that's <laughs> my care you sure it's uh i i i know that it's funny but it's like uh yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm playing my character. Yeah, I kept I kept pretty pretty straight. As I say, I'm the I'm the straight guy in this in this scene. <laughs> you are, but he does on on one side as much as you know he gets to deliver gets to deliver all these like really funny angry lines. Um, you do as well, and I, I love this moment in the sketch where um you sort of start with a laugh and you you deliver the line about him getting thrown down the stairs. Um, I think that's a great moment in the sketch. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm laughing, yeah, I'm laughing as the character. I mean, I'm not laughing as myself, the actor. I'm laughing as the character saying, yeah, you like, deserved it, you know, like I, I'm getting a I'm excited that that happened. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we we know you you didn't break as an actor, but we do have to say we asked that because I think a lot of the people who act on the show do have a couple moments where they can't keep it in. So um, you should consider mm -hmm. yourself amongst the uh, true legends um, for <laughs> for being able to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you ha ha like? Uh, you know, this is just an estimate. Um, how many times have you watched the finished version of your sketch? Uh, uh, maybe about three. I, I go over, yeah, I've gone back maybe three or four times. Um, yeah, I'd watch it first and then go back and watch it because, you know, it, it goes by so fast and you say, oh, it yeah. It does. Okay. Yeah. Was, was uh, there any significant storyline or dialogue that got cut? Because uh, that's a common thing in the show. A lot of stuff gets gets left in editing. Do you remember anything that didn't make it? Added something to my part. You know that part where I lean over and say, "I'll, I'm, I'll kill you." That that part is added. We actually added something oh. to me. Oh wow! Uh, uh, the last minute. Sometimes they'll throw a little improv or something, and they'll or they'll they'll, try, or they'll say, "Try this," and you they throw it to me, and I try it because I'm you know I'm a pro. You throw me something, and I'll I'll run with it. You know. <laughs> I, I love that part. <laughs> yeah. In fact, no matter how ridiculous it is, believe me, I've done some pretty ridiculous things. Uh, and no matter how ridiculous it is, I'll 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 go for it if it's if it'll particularly if it'll get a laugh, you know. If it, <laughs> anything for a laugh. There's an old one of my old acting coaches said, "Funny is money." You know. And yes. <laughs> funnier you can make something, and the more you can make people laugh, the more they're going to enjoy it, and the more they're going to you know recommend it to others, and blah blah blah. You know. So yeah. So I don't know how much you know this, um, but. I think you should leave has a very uh, like uh, core fan base that uh, watches rewatches the sketches continuously, mm -hmm. myself included. Um, and mm -hmm. they sort of, no, I, I, and we sort of like weave the dialogue into our life a little bit. Um, <laughs> there's okay. a huge online presence of mm -hmm. people posting picture, you know, pictures from the scene with yeah. the sort of dialogue. Um, have you experienced any of this at all? No, no. It's just the first I've heard of it. it you mean it's kind of like uh, how people know all the lines to uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and they they watch it and they they redo the lines and uh, absolutely. Uh, an old friend of mine, Susan Sarandon, was in that long before she ever became yeah. famous. She Very did the original. Famous. In fact, we were doing a Broadway show at the time, a, a show by Gore Vidal called "An Evening with Richard Nixon." 
and she played Julie Nixon, the daughter. And she's a big liberal, but you know Nixon. She played Julie Nixon, uh, <laughs> Nixon's daughter. And at the same time, she was. It was either just before the, our show or just after, right or, or during it, over in New Jersey, they were shooting uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And little did we know it would become such a such a an iconic hit that would. More people have seen her in that than in her big, in a really great role. <laughs> yeah. And, so, yeah. you know, this may be a source of comfort or discomfort for you, but like right now, someone is posting a picture of you on the internet that says, shut up, Doug, you fucking skunk. Like right as we speak, <laughs> it's happening right now. <laughs> now, where, where is that? Is, it, is this a... a, a... Is this on the uh, in Facebook or on where where is it? Yes, Instagram, Reddit, Facebook, okay. um, and you know, like like Which, I'm just warning this, you, you yeah. might be out buying groceries one day and someone might yell, "Doug, you fucking skunk!" at you in the grocery <laughs> store. Uh, so just be prepared. So, um, yeah, so if what, anyone yells angrily at you, it's probably just dialogue from the show. Well, what 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 is it? Is it under the title? I think you should leave on Instagram and, and Facebook. You just yeah go, go to the title. Is that it? And sometimes oh, okay. people posting like hashtag itysl. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it is uh, the fan base, and and they'll just go on Reddit, and people are really clever. Like sometimes someone will ask a general question, and people will find ways to answer that question using dialogue from the show. I really think, mm-hmm. and this is not about me or, or Jared here. I think a lot of the fans of the show are really funny themselves and clever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I enjoy just kind of logging on and, and seeing what they're doing. A lot of artists are into the show. So like, and, I, and if, if I find anything like this, I'll either try to send it to your agent or, um, but they're like draw mm-hmm. hand draw pictures of characters from the show. So like, it's going <laughs> to happen to you one day. Um, yeah. yeah. And maybe even a, People get put onto T-shirts, um, but mm-hmm. I have to. My co-host Jared is being very patient today. <laughs> um, uh, I often lead the interviews, but I have to make sure he's getting all his questions answered. No, you're doing yeah. a great job. Um, I'm just curious. Um, I, I love this sketch too. Um, and, and I'm curious: did they always was the premise always that Tim was going to be essentially paralyzed or malnourished on a couch? <laughs> Um, or was that something that was like kind of added in or ad-libbed as it went? I, I have no idea. You'd have to ask the writers. <laughs> I, I just go by the script. I get the, I get the script and I, I look at, I, I read it and I get my character, work on my character. And I have no idea where, where that idea came from or, or if he might've just done it at the last minute, you know, he, um, who knows? He, he is, uh, he does run that show more or less. And, uh, you know, yeah. as I said, I, I, I had no, I, I, never had uh, seen seen him and were you uh, were you aware of him before this show i i knew him a little bit uh from snl and from detroiters which i didn't really dig into detroiters until after watching i think you should leave but i i think it's great Mm -hmm. um yeah but i i he was not a household name to me until the show really took off i think you know the most impressed i was was the scene that comes right after mine uh with uh what's his name uh uh Oh shoot! Uh, can't think of his Is name it, right off. It's Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Oden- yeah, exactly. Yeah, with Odenkirk, what, the only scene in the entire series where where Tim is actually sensitive and and serious. Yeah, I thought I was yeah. impressed with it, that he could do. 
that, that he could go from being the schmuck in my scene into <laughs> being, to being this sensitive character in the Odenkirk scene. Uh, I thought that was a, a nice variety. Yeah, I think that he's very good. versatile. I, um, I, I think one of the themes that is happening with the show are, is people are really trying to figure out why things didn't work for him on SNL, mm -hmm. like it's working for him now. And I know some mm -hmm. people have talked about just that, you know, he's better in a non-live format or like he really uses profanity in a great way. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah he's, yeah, go ahead. Oh, and Saturday night, you are, your, your, your language is limited. So yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, we, I think both of us sort of had a peripheral knowledge of who he was, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, we, we've often talked about, uh, the first time we both, well, especially the first time I watched season one, I, I liked it, but I didn't think I loved it. And then I just kept having the feeling a couple, after a couple of days that I needed to like watch one sketch again and then one other sketch. Yeah. And, um, mm -hmm. it, it just, I realized that some of the sketches I didn't love, at first I really grew on me. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, there's a lot of brilliant people involved with the show. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just, it, it seems Andy like Kirk things are going to go ahead. Andy is a pretty funny guy and from, from SNL and he, I know he's involved with it. He is. Yeah. Do you have, um, have you watched uh, more than the sketches in your episode? I know you probably like caught the Odenkirk right after, yeah. Um, oh, yes, I did. And I, I watched the others, and I did watch a little bit of uh, a while back, just to get a, a flavor of it. I watched a little bit of season one. Yeah. Uh, so just a few sketches, not not too many, but I just to get the feeling. But whenever I go to do some, a show, I always try to find out the the sort of the temperature of the of the show and kind of get a, a vibe about it, you know. And, uh, so I, I try to watch as much as I can. Although I have so you know, time-wise, it's so hard to keep up with everything. I, I can just barely keep up with the news from day to day. So much is yeah. happening, you know. <laughs> sure. Watch, watch shows that, you know, like, uh, it's like the show, I, I'm in this show, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Hollywood on Netflix, and uh, 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 yeah, I'm in the last two episodes, and uh, I first watched all seven, there's seven episodes, and uh, I... And now I just tell people, look, if you don't want to watch the whole thing, just go straight to episode six and seven and watch the <laughs> uh, Because I have a great character, so it's okay. Yeah. William, I, I also have to ask you really briefly, uh, you probably might not be able to tell, I'm a huge uh, hip-hop fan, and I, I don't even know if I've seen this uh, whole movie, but can you tell me about your experiences on the set of I Got the Hookup? Oh, I got the hookup with Master P. Yeah. Well, you yes. know, I, uh, uh, I, that's when I played the agent in charge, the FBI agent in charge. Yeah. <laughs> he that himself. And, uh, yeah, and my good friend, uh, Joe Estevez, played one of my FBI guys. Uh, he's uh, Martin Sheen's brother, Joe Estevez. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, 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 he's, uh, he's the black sheep of the family. He's the one that never got his, his <laughs> And Martin Sheen got to be a huge star and had his own TV show. But poor Joe, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I've never asked him, but I've done a couple of films with him. But he's, he played one of my men in uh, in that show, uh, one of my FBI guys. It's really funny. I love the way they cut from, from them on the street saying, hey, they're, they're down in the hood. Hey, motherfuckers. And they cut me. Gentlemen, <laughs> we have a situation here. You know, with the black guy and everything. 
taking it so seriously, they cut to me. I enjoyed uh, doing it. As I said, I played a lot of authority. It's another authority figure, you know, the, the FBI guy, you know. Sure. So, I, I, you know, I, he was, I just, I mean, I, I, it's been so long ago now that I uh, got along really good. I only met him when we, we first met, got together to read the script, what they call the table read. And uh, that was about it. And uh, none of my actual scenes were with him personally. So uh, you, you get to, it's, it's just like voice work. Everybody thinks you know everybody. And you go in a booth all by yourself and do your character, right. thinking to the, to the character. And you may never even met the other actors that are playing the other characters, you know, because <laughs> they all do the same thing. So, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, Mass B, as I remember, he was a, he seemed to be a really nice guy. And, uh, you know, and I know he financed it. So that's he did. It. Yeah. Um, well, that's amazing. Uh, Jared, William has been very gracious and answered all my questions I'm, I'm curious if you have anything else before we let him go tonight no thank you for coming this has been a great experience and uh mm-hmm. it's great to hear your perspective on it I, I have you ever been called a skunk before this episode i need to know the answer to that <laughs> not that i know of. it's not a very I mean, common insult but I'm, I'm really glad that tim thought to bring it up it's like just the way to Iago, put down a... Iago and Othello once on stage uh, okay. He's one of the most villainous, villainous characters you could ever imagine in Shakespeare. But uh, no, I, I, don't, I can't remember ever being called a skunk. <laughs> I, I do want to tell William before he leaves that um, people are posting pictures of ugly shirts online. Yeah, that's, just, a big, mm-hmm. that's a big, big They're just affixing me. some random dollar amount mm. to them, 500 480 bucks. Um, so <laughs> Dan Flashes is a really big thing. Um, oh, Dan Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I just think you're like I said, just keep your head on a swivel because you're, you could be walking down the street yes. uh, and someone's going to say they're going to eat your mom's wig or something like yeah, that. Or her whole head. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You, you might want to keep your eye out. I have a couple of features coming out soon. Uh, one is called Blue Moon Ball. It's kind of a, a family type picture. I play a, a Grandpa Albert, a really lovable old character. It's called Blue Moon Ball. And uh, the other one, really good one, is called uh, Rattled, R-A-T-T-L-E-D, Rattled. I played this old Vietnam vet who's that, who brags about how many people he killed in Nam. And he's a, it's a really <laughs> funny character. Uh, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a dark comedy. Uh, uh, it's a heist movie, and I'm part of a, of a oh. four-member. And uh, it's pretty good. It's called uh, uh, yeah, Rattled. Rattled. Okay. So look for it. All right. It'll be production now, so it, it won't be out till it, it, the very end of the year, or probably not until next year. But uh, anyway, I love heist movies. We'll, we'll we'll definitely be on the lookout for both of those. Um, okay. And we and we just want to thank you so much for joining us tonight, William. Uh, especially after we uh, didn't give you the pin code, um, <laughs> so you 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 went the extra level, and and we really appreciate that. And, uh, and I want to thank you for joining us tonight. All right. Well, it's nice being with you, and uh, let's hope the show gets a lot of viewers, and uh, you know we do more. Let's yeah. see season three. I, I think it it will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, William Frederick Knight. Right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that was amazing. Yeah. Dang. Um. Yeah, and he. 
Yeah, I don't even know if he knows how good he is in that role. He's a professional, but man, what a yeah. I mean, what the, a great he, straight man. Yeah, and he matches the rage of like. I mean, he just pushes back on Tim so much. I, I love it. Um, yeah, Tim is like uh, he's so crazy in that sketch. I, I mean, I was just watching it a couple of times before I logged on, and it's just like <laughs> where he's like, "It's so good. Like, I, I need to get it so bad." You know, it's just like. Uh, like exactly a style yeah it is exactly a style um can i tell you uh i meant to tell you something last week and we're still on air um just jared and i sometimes go off channel when when we finish an interview but uh, i forgot to say this last week the song in the sloppy steak sketch at the end uh tim robinson co-wrote that song no way with the Vampire Weekends, Ezra Koenig. Yeah, Ezra Koenig. Yeah, I've seen that. On, I didn't know he co-wrote it with them, though. God, I just want to be able to play that song on Spotify. I have checked. <laughs> um, I used to be a piece of shit, so I'm trying to check yeah. on Spotify, um, but it's not there. And is, it called, I, is it called like Dangerous Nights or something? Is that the it name? is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to step on that sketch too much. And I, I also don't want to step on this sketch too much, but I do want to give people a little food for thought. Okay. Um, in the Calico Cut sketch. Go on. Uh, someone on Reddit, I wish I had it handy. I'll try to shut this person out later. Um, but they float the theory that Tim Robinson's character doesn't actually work there. Oh, I think that's a very real possibility. Because of the door holding thing. Yeah, the door holding thing is weird. And he's just kind of doing like, he sort of has this seemingly like criminal enterprise of uh, blackmailing people. Yeah, he does. Because they hit his cup. <laughs> I've, got, I've got video of you hitting my cup. Uh, but he's sitting in an office at some point. I mean, I guess he could just be chilling, um, you know, in someone's cubicle or something. Yeah. Um, I also saw a theory that he's Satan because he walks into like a red. red. Yeah, he goes into that uh, red room. Um, he is charming. He's very really. charming. <laughs> he he makes people give. Um, and yeah, he could be Satan. And I don't think Satan would want to hold a door open himself. So I I could I think that's a possibility. Wow. Yeah. What uh, what sketch has been vibing with you a lot? What have you been watching the most? Um, so I hung out with my friend John. Uh, shout out to my friend John uh, last night at this White Sox game. And uh, yeah, shout out. He he is very big on Driver's Ed, the table sketch. Yeah, um, me too. And I need to circle back and watch it like five more times. But I, I'm kind of thinking about it a lot these days. Um, and I'm trying to think of like, oh God, there's one that, was I was just thinking about earlier today that I was like I got to see that again. Fuck, I don't know. I'll think of it. You keep you go. Yeah, no, I, I've been loving uh, the table sketch. Um, you know, like my initial thing was cough and flop. Um, yeah. There's one episode. I'm trying to think what precedes it, but um, I've I've been purposely not digesting the. Um, courtroom scene with the fedora with flaps oh, i love it just because no i do too but i'm kind of like saving it yeah um yeah. i actually had like a really busy week recently and i i didn't get to watch as much of the show as i would like or i normally do 
Um, but I'm sort of seeing the positive of it too, which yeah, uh, is that I'm going to be able to dive in. And yeah, I've been watching frequently sort of the, the Dan Flash's sketch to prepare for that interview and the uh, Professor, Professor Yerbe, which Yerbe. Uh, for our listeners, we're about to interview Bob McDuff Wilson, who is the professor. Oh, man. I think I'm a little nervous. I'm nervous, too. I'm worried uh, he's going to take my dinner. I know. <laughs> I, I love the con. I mean, I've always been like regretful of what I order and just to take it and just give like, me pretend, that. Give me that. And then pretend <laughs> to take it. And he's like, I'm going to house your whole sandwich. And then, um, oh, I know the other sketch. I, I think Crashmore. Um, yes. Yes. That's like, the one. I've been thinking a lot about it. I love like the dialogue you in the suck. movie. He's like, fuck you. You suck. And then it's just like, and then he's just a piece of shit too. I th- do you know the scene where he's talking to like an attractive young woman? He's like, um, he's like, they- he's like, he's gonna come and kill both of us. Like he may get you, but he ain't gonna get me. He fucking said that, <laughs> you know. And he's just like bitching about it. Like, it- yeah, it's just, no, he's just it's the great. worst. He's like, he may get you, but he ain't sure as well. Don't ain't get me. And it's like, uh, oh man. The character then, is a piece of shit, and then he is too. And it's yeah. then to find out it's Santa Claus, it's just all I know it's amazing. Great. I love the part where he's like, <laughs> "You, you knew I'd love this fucking gun." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think in the end, there, there's definitely a non-zero chance that Crashmore could be the number one. It's, from, it's. From I mean, it's a genius concept, and then that that actor, the Santa Claus actor, is great. Kills at, it. I, I mean, just so fucking good at like li- yeah. nailing his lines, the character, just making Santa Claus just a horrible person and a bad actor. It, it's yeah, it's great. Um, it's that whole thing where to like to pretend to be a bad actor makes it it means you're a great actor. Like, I know, that's the I know. hardest thing to do. I agree. And just like the way he delivers the dialogue of like, uh, just like, like what he like, and plus what he tackles the guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the action is so just like, oh God, you know, like it's embarrassing. But then and he like, shoots the guy and it splatters blood all over his face. And it's like, yeah. And you know, the, the way the show is directed, like everything else is so seamless and perfect. Like, so if they had wanted that to look yeah. cool, right. it would have, I mean, there's, if you look at season two, I think there's like 12 people credited for stunts. No way. That's yeah. crazy. I'm trying to figure out for what. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to have to get them on the show. I know. But um, but it, it, it just like, it's so, I always love stuff like realizing the fact that, oh, like they made that look that way on purpose. Like yeah, there was no right. accident. It wasn't a convenient accident. It was like very deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it was impressive. What what I think about that sketch is that easily could be like an SNL sketch, but it would have flopped because the use of profanity and the gore would like, I could see them being like, yeah, Santa Claus is an action movie. And then it would just be a sketch that people are like, oh, it's interesting concept, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think just the, the scripting of this and like the just execution and the, the you know the lack of uh limitations on language and violence i i think just makes it a 10 um i yeah. wonder if tim and zach hannon thought of something like that back in the snl days and they were like we could really just take this to the 
to the pinnacle here. You're you're actually reminding me, and after what we talked about with William, but I was thinking a lot about why some of Tim's stuff might not have been used by SNL when it was, you know, there was definitely people there who thought it was funny. Um, but a big thing is that he can cast whoever he wants for I think right. he should leave. Right. right. So like who on SNL yeah, was gonna exactly. play exactly. Santa Claus as Detective Crashmore? Um and you know, you I, I think you see that sometimes. I mean, there's some people on SNL who are really versatile at playing like a wide variety of people. You know, I'm a fan of like Beck Bennett. I think Beck Bennett yeah. is really versatile. Um and um Cecily Strong, who we're a yeah. big fan of, is also very versatile. But yeah, I mean, typically most of the people are like in their they're like 40 or younger. Yep. Uh, they're all like generally like conventionally attractive on some level for the most part. Um, So it's like, and then like, let's be real. If you're casting Santa Claus, like you need to get like a very specific type of look. Although the character who plays this is like on the edge, which I think is really funny. Like, yeah, he's a very like realistic looking Santa Claus character. That's great because I was just wondering, like, yeah, if it was like Beck Bennett or like Kate McKinnon in a Santa suit with like a beard yeah. or, or like with a beard, it would be like, okay, it would just be the concept and then the talent maybe of that person trying to sell things. But sure, you're right; it's going to be a much more successful sketch like this where you're where he can cast like even like the the co stars that are on the Yahoo interview with the guy. Well, first of all, the Yahoo yeah. interview guy, great, and then the two co stars. <laughs> where they look kind of smug and they're just like rolling their eyes a little bit at Santa. Um, yeah. Even like, yeah, I mean, you probably could replicate that on SNL, but yeah, I think to do the, the Santa role, I, I think having the choice of to cast it is key. And then obviously the ability to do anything you want with it was also key, but I think it's great. I, I mean, me too. I love the action part. I love the Yahoo interview uh, or what or AOL interview. Um, <laughs> the tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, the tattoos. Like, <laughs> I've seen everyone naked on the planet. See if they've got tattoos. <laughs> like, do you, do, do you not so give good. them a present if they have tattoos? Not that year. Yeah, it's great. Um, and it, and right. for that reason, I'm not getting a tattoo because I don't want Santa to, to skip me over again. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna stay on for a minute, but we're gonna sign off part one. Uh, we will be back uh, shortly with part two with Bob McDuff Wilson, also known as Professor Yurbe. Our first official sponsor for the That's a Chunky podcast is the amazing Etsy shop of uh, Swayzine. That's S W A Y Z I N E. Uh, if you're a fan of I Think You Should Leave, you've surely um, seen some of the work from the Swayzine shop, uh, including uh, jazz posters from Howie's household jazz names, Paul Bufano. I mean, how hard is that? Mookie Kramer and the Eight Balls and Marcus the Worm Hicks. Uh, we also have some I Think You Should Leave motivational posters, teamwork, accountability, um, my favorite self-awareness featuring the chunky uh, figure out what you do. That's self-awareness. Um, my favorite, which is hanging on the wall in my house, uh, is the Edward Hopper Nighthawks parody. 
uh, featuring four of the most iconic characters uh, in the I Think You Should Leave universe, um, including Ruben Rabas's uh, legendary character. Um, all <laughs> this made me crack up in the copy. All five star ratings on Etsy. Our customers are eating their gift receipts. Um, so you can actually get 10% off if you enter coupon code. That's a chunky. Um, we will post more information about the Swayzine shop on our Instagram. Um, but I, I honestly would not read an ad unless I thought it would be something that our listeners would be interested in. Amazing. I think you should leave prints um, that if you put on your wall, they're just going to make you laugh every time you see them. Every time I walk by um, my Nighthawks poster, I I just feel great and have a laugh. And uh, I'm definitely figuring out how many uh, motivational posters I could work into my house without my wife wondering what's wrong with me. Um, so check out the Swayzine shop on Etsy. <laughs> 